Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. It is impossible to have a strong foundation as a Christian unless we have revelation of the passion of Christ, the work of the cross, and the power of the resurrection, and how it can transform our lives today. Join Doug as he talks about the great gift of Advent. After the episode, consider leaving a review and follow us on your favorite streaming service. If you've gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. I know over the years, there has been a lot of discussion on the topic of when Jesus was actually born. And the truth is, we don't really know when he was born, but we do know that he was born and he is the light of the world. He is the word that dwelt amongst us and does dwell among us. People around the world are celebrating in some capacity this Christmas season or Advent season. And that is why it's important for us as the church to reflect on Christ when there's so much attention given in the Christmas season. With so many difficulties, tragedies, and challenges around the world right now, it's important for us as the church to be the light because the word dwells amongst us. His light shines in and through us. We have a joy and a strength beyond human comprehension. We have a peace that surpasses all human understanding. So it's important for us as the church to give that hope, to let our light so shine in such a way that it draws others close to the Lord or pointed to the Lord. We can be an example to those around us that they can find their faith, hope, peace, and joy in the midst of their own difficulties. So Jesus is the word that dwells amongst us, and he is the light of the world. And right now, we need a whole lot of light in the midst of the darkness. That being said, we're in the four weeks leading up to Christmas, which is known as Advent. So for Advent 2022, it began on Sunday, November 27th, and will conclude on Saturday, December 24th, in preparation for December 25th, which many around the world celebrate as the birth of Christ or Christmas. According to Wikipedia, Advent is a Christian season of preparation for the Nativity of Christ at Christmas. It is the beginning of the liturgical year in Western Christianity. The name was adopted from Latin eventus, or coming, arrival, which translating Greek parousia. In the New Testament, this is the term used for the second coming of Christ. So, in context, it's like the preparation of the first coming and the second coming. The Advent of Christ. Some of the themes of Advent have become known as faith, hope, love, joy, and peace. So the Advent season should remind us that God has sent His Son to this world that we might have a relationship with Him, that we might have His love, hope, faith, joy, and peace. And for us as Christians, it's a great opportunity not just to celebrate the coming of the Lord or the birth of Christ, but also a time to reflect on looking up and to be watchful for our redemption draws near. The second coming or the eager anticipation of the second coming of the Lord. When Christians and families celebrate Advent or the Christmas season, regardless of what the actual birth date was, we are actually agreeing together in generational unity to celebrate the anticipation of the coming of the Lord. Now, I've probably shared this coming thought that I have in probably previous Christmas seasons on one of my podcasts or some article I've written, but I see a lot of similarities in how many in the Jewish even tradition observe Hanukkah or the Festival of Lights. 
There was only enough oil to keep the lamp in the temple lit for a few hours, some say a full day. But it lasted for eight full days as the Jews fought to reclaim the temple from the Greek Syrians. Then they celebrated the miracle God did for them. And likewise, during Advent or this Christmas season, we celebrate the miraculous birth of Jesus, the light of the world. Hope came into the world as the word that dwells amongst us. John chapter 8 verse 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. 1 John 1 verse 5 through 7 says, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Quite a few years ago, I wrote a book about the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. It later became known as Born to Die That We May Live. And the premise is that even in the birth of Christ, there was a preparation even for his death. Let me segue just for a moment here, because I want to talk about the medical description of Christ's crucifixion. And here's what I'm quoting here. Here is a medical description of Christ's crucifixion from my book, Born to Die That We May Live. As we celebrate this Christmas, may we be reminded of the greatest of all gifts. We all know the song. It might even be one of your favorite Christmas carols. We three kings of Orient far are bearing gifts we traverse to far. Scripture does not specifically refer to kings, but rather to magi or wise men. And we're not given a head count as to how many there actually were. Yet we do know they did bear gifts. And we do know what kind of gifts that some of them were. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And all of these are burial items for a king. Matthew 2.11 says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you understand the significance of this? Even at his birth, Jesus was recognized and honored as royalty. And from his very birth, Jesus was presented with items to prepare him for his death. In 2003, many of us saw the story of the crucifixion that ministered to thousands throughout the nation and around the world from a surprising source, Hollywood, with the release of Mel Gibson's production of The Passion of the Christ. With the movie's graphic depiction of the suffering Jesus endured for the joy set before him, our salvation, came a new realization for many of the reality of the crucifixion. For others, the movie generated even more questions. As the cover of one national magazine boldly inquired, did Jesus really have to die? You see, even with the controversy surrounding the graphic violence involved in the scourging and death of Christ, an R rating would not even be sufficient to accurately portray the extent of his suffering. From the physical pain of the beatings to the emotional pain and loneliness of betrayal, crucifixion was a form of capital punishment and considered the most humiliating and tormentful way to die in those days. Even the word excruciating did not even exist until a word was needed to describe the pain of death by crucifixion. In my book, I share the account of the medical description of what Christ would have gone through, written by the late Dr. C. Truman Davis, whose widow, Jean, graciously gave us permission to print. I won't share that description here in this podcast, 
But if you'd like a copy of the actual portion of the book where I do quote it, you can contact me or my office and we'd be happy to send you a copy of the article or quote. In the Nativity movie, I liked the portion where the the Magi or the wise men came. It was depicted this way when the one that presented the gold said, the gift for the king of all kings. And the next one said, frankincense for the priest of all priests. And the third one stumbled when he gave myrrh and said, for the sacrifice of all sacrifices. So regardless of what many might believe who Jesus was, either a good man, a prophet, or who he said he was, the son of the living God, the fact is he was born and he did die. So I want to address in conclusion to those of us who profess to be Christians. Perhaps you've heard or even asked yourself, is what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago really pertinent for me today? You see, it's impossible to have a strong foundation as a Christian unless we have a revelation of the passion of Christ, the work of the cross, and the power of the resurrection, and how it can transform our personal lives today. And without that understanding, we will be apathetic believers at best. In some circles, and especially in our Western culture, we may have heard about the cross so often that the thought of our own sins that put him there doesn't still break our hearts, igniting a burning passion of gratitude and service within us. We sometimes take for granted the high cost of love that was displayed upon the cross for us. I wonder if it's because we have so many distractions and substitutes that put more focus on self rather than fixing our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith. As A.W. Tozer said, he said, Self is the opaque veil that hides the face of God from us. It can be removed only in spiritual experience, never by mere instruction. Promoting self under the guise of promoting Christ is currently, he said, so common as to excite little notice. I like the question the late Leonard Ravenhill used to put on all of his notes and cards. Are the things you're living for worth Christ dying for? This is still a watershed issue that should challenge our values every day. The timeliness of the message of the cross cannot be overstated. We need the message more than ever before. We need to be rekindled in heart with a renewed revelation of the work of the cross and the Holy Spirit revelation and power available to each of us. From Genesis to Revelation, the beginning and the closing of Scripture, we read of the tree of life, the fullness of life through Christ revealed in full display on the cross that we may have life and that life more abundantly. May I encourage you in closing, take some devotion time to read and meditate on what has been written in the Bible that's been written for you and for me and let the Holy Spirit give you a fresh and renewed revelation of all that is available to us daily. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.